Amen. Meet God. Meet God. God uh, is our anchor. Amen. Let me ask this question. Um, how many of you have big plans for tomorrow? May I see your hand? It's good. Four people. Hope, hope you four enjoy it. Matter of fact, you might as well get together and have a small group since you are the only four. How many people are going to barbecue tomorrow? May I, may I see your hand? You're actually going to, how many are going to do hamburgers and hot dogs? That's good. That's good. Uh, it's good. How many of you, you have no idea what you're going to do yet and you don't give a rip? I, I saw the hands there. How many plans to celebrate by sleeping in in the morning? It's good. How many is going to let somebody else cook? Good. Meet God. I hope you do something. What are you going to do, Pastor? Did you ask that question? I have no idea. But I'm sure not sleeping to 8 o'clock, I can tell you that. I mean, life's too short. You got to get up and get at it. You know what I'm saying? You got to get that morning jog in. You got to get that blood pumping. You got to have that. You got to have that cup of coffee. You got to see a little bit of the news, you know, which combats encouragement. Look at discouragement. Watch the news a little. It's there. So here we are. Meet God. The final message, today's message, uh, is straightforward. When you came in, you should have got something that looks like this it's a little anchor. Everybody see mine? How many got them when you came in? You got a little anchor. If you didn't get one, be sure you get one before you leave. And here's what we know. There is a picture of an anchor here. How many recognize that anchor? May I see your hand? How many of you know where it's located? Where? Lakeland High School. That's Lakeland High School, the anchor there. It's the best anchor we could find locally. So we wanted to give you a picture of that. We want this picture or this little uh, deal right here to serve as a notice, to kind of keep it where you can see it from time to time. And when you face circumstances that you wonder if God is listening, you can remember this little anchor and you'll understand it. Now, an anchor sometimes can be cumbersome. And of course, if you're in a little fishing boat, a little row, row your boat gently down the stream, you got a big old hunk an anchor in there, it just kind of gets in your way, you know. You don't, you don't know what, you know, to do with it. Very seldom do you ever need it. But then we know that if you're on a large boat or a ship or something, that anchor is extremely, extremely important, especially, you know, if you're on a sailboat, something like that. I have a friend that I know casually, not super well, but uh, he knows how to sail sailboats. He's a boat captain. He pastors a large church, and, and that's his hobby. So he borrowed his friend's uh, big old sailboat and took some of his staff with him, and they sailed down to the Caribbean. And when they sailed down to the Caribbean, I mean, this, this boat uh, has uh, sleeping quarters for about 12, has a kitchen, and has its own personal steward that is there to cook and all that. And he took his staff out. He borrowed that boat from his friend. And so they got down to the Caribbean and found a cove where the cliff is probably 60, 70 feet up 
a lot of rocks there and, and some of the reefs that are there that they wanted to snorkel a little bit and just enjoy and then do all that and then about four hours a day have meetings to plan and things like that. He said, the first night when we got there, I was certain we dropped the anchor down. And he said, and then I, I dug it in. In other words, I put pressure, stress on it to be sure it was dug in. And he said, we had dinner. And I went back out before I uh, went to sleep that night or to bed about 10 o'clock and took a flashlight and looked to be sure the rope was holding and everything was tight. You know, uh, you just never know. Even though he said, I checked the weather and there was no inclement weather and, and nothing of that nature uh, that should come our way. But I just had this little draw in my heart. Be sure you check it. He said about three o'clock in the morning, what was not forecast showed up. He said it was raining extremely hard. He said, I heard like a jet engine because of the winds howling in that little cove there. I got up and went to the pilot house and and looked out, and I saw the waves, buddy, getting with it. I looked down at my anchor rope, and I'm beginning to pray, oh, God, let this anchor hold. Whatever you do, this is my friend's boat. If this boat gets loose and hits those rocks, fiberglass doesn't work well when it hits rocks. Human flesh doesn't work well when it hits rocks. And he said, I, he said, I stayed up the rest of the night praying, God, let that anchor hold. He said, another staff member of mine came up about an hour after I got up and we sat in that, out in the pilot's room, we sat there till it became morning. He said, it came morning, the wind and the rain stopped and died down. The other members who were with us got up and, and they wondered why both of us were blurry eyed with, with red eyes, etc. He said, it was amazing. They slept through that storm. He said, I can't tell you how valuable that anchor was that night. He said, so I did a little research about anchors. And he said, I found out that some of the most expensive anchors, one is called the Supreme, another's called Delta, another's called Lumar, another's called Fortress. He said, and they're very, very expensive. But he said, I'm glad that my friend who owned that boat had a very, very expensive anchor because that anchor held in the midst of that storm and kept us safe. You see, I remember when a storm came up on Galilee when Jesus was with his disciples and it was so fierce that they were afraid and Jesus just got and spoke, peace be still, because he is the anchor. Here's what the writer of Hebrews, some believe that it was Luke, has in Hebrews 6 verse 19. I'm going to ask you to, let's read it together on three. One, two, three. Here we go. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. We know that that is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And his anchor in our lives holds. Doesn't matter how chaotic our life is, how crazy the world gets. Doesn't matter who hurts us and disappointments or betrays us. Doesn't matter if the economy turns south and it's difficult and you lose a bucket load of retirement or savings. Doesn't matter in the deep of the night, the toughest of situations. Doesn't matter if a loved one that you trusted forsakes you and betrays you. Here's what we know. We all have an anchor that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But here's a question. How secure is your anchor? 
Is your anchor of religion? Is your anchor of a casual relationship with Jesus? Is your anchor one that is not really solid and will hold you tight? Is your anchor one on the fence that, well, I trust God here, but if it didn't work out with him, I'll, I'll go in another direction. You see, it's important because this morning, this message is a bit direct. It is a bit challenging because here's the deal. Only if your anchor holds will you be able to make it through the storms that will hit, not if it hits, but will hit your life. Storms that will come to destroy and take your life away. And I'm praying, God, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit initiated by God to identify a need in my life. God, I want to make my anchor more secure than it's ever been. I'm thankful because I believe that many of you here and many of you that are listening online, you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going to serve you. And you quit dilly-dallying around and you quit skipping and jumping. You've made it rock solid. I'm, I'm in love with Jesus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to, to hang in there and hang tough. And as we do that, we know that we have a confidence that when a storm hits, that our anchor will hold. And Paul says, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. I want to share with you several stories that you already know about the anchor. Number one is Job. We recite his story. We know that a major storm hit Job. We know that in a matter of days, his entire life was turned upside down. He was pulled from stem to stern. All his cattle were stolen. His sheep were killed in a terrible storm. His house and barns were destroyed. His children had gathered for a family reunion, and all ten of them were killed. Job got a skin disease that he would take broken pottery and scrape the dead skin and the tissue and disease off his entire body. And it was tough, an absolute physical and emotional agony. And then his precious encourager called his spouse came by in Job 2 verse number 9. And she said, Job, why don't you curse God and die Wow, even the closeness of the closest person to you says, hey, give it up, turn loose, curse God, and die, and let that be it. Isn't that wonderful to have that kind of friendship in the midst of a tough situation? Isn't it wonderful that you can depend on your friends? You know, sometimes friends, friends think they need to advise. Friends think they need to counsel. Friends think they need to correct. Friends think they need to give somebody a piece of their mind because they're a true friend. Let me just tell you something and settle it. Sometimes a friend just needs to keep their mouth shut and be there in your friend's time of need and love them regardless. Can I get an amen out there? And so we find that that was the case of Job. Curse God and die, his situation. Job's response, though, was found in Job 121 because Job had practiced faithfulness of strengthening his anchor his whole life. This is what he says, the Lord, what? Gives and the Lord takes away. What? Read it with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name 
of the Lord. You see, when you have that kind of faith in the anchor of Jesus, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust and rely in him. And because he stood with Almighty God, Jehovah. The Bible said at the end of the book that all his children, of course, he had more. He had grandkids. He had great-grandchildren. All of his assets were multiplied more, and God gave him great favor. And many years later on after that tragedy in his life, he would gather, I would assume, his, his kids and his grandkids and his great-grandkids and say, let me give you a memorial. There was a time in my life, you grandkids may not know this, and you kids, you weren't born, but you had brothers and sisters that died in a terrible tragedy. I want you to know what I went through. I lost everything. My body was wracked with pain and agony. I didn't know which way to turn, but I knew this. I had an anchor in God Jehovah, and God Jehovah have a covenant with me and said that he would be with me unto the end. And I just hung on when I could have easily given up. And you grandkids, you wouldn't enjoy all the favor you have now had Grandpa not held on. You great-grandkids, you wouldn't know what it meant, but I held on to the faith, and God has rewarded us. God was my anchor, and my anchor held. Well, here it is. You as an individual, is your anchor that strong? You as an individual, is it solid? You as an individual, are you a skip here and jump there? Are you rattled with everything that hits you? Can somebody count on you that's truly a person of faith? Do you serve your will and get lost in your will and way? Or have you committed to give yourself away and say, my anchor holds? Jeremiah, Jeremiah is another story. His entire life was one unrelenting storm after another. The difference between Jeremiah's life and Job's life, Job's storm lasted for a season and then it was over and God rewarded him and gave him multiplicity of the blessings that he lost. But buddy, in Jeremiah, every single day, Jeremiah got hit from the right and the left from the front and the back. He was the voice of Almighty God. His goal was to warn Israel, hey, you mess up, you can't stay focused, you seem to run off here and run off there, and every new fad that comes along, you chase after it, and you forget that God Jehovah is the one that created you and that caused you and your forefathers to be able to get out of bondage. And it says that storm after storm hit Jeremiah. His life was threatened numerous times thrown into a cistern and left there just to die, hoping that no one would find him. And in his final years, after being beat up and after being abused and after being tossed here and there, his final years, he was captured by a foreign country and hauled off by that foreign government. And that's where he spent his last days. You talk about a fun-filled retirement. That was it for Job. I mean, for Jeremiah. But I want you to notice something that Jeremiah had that kept his anchor strong. Lamentations 3, 23. Lamentations is the book of weeping. But here's what it says. God's mercies are new every morning. Read it with me now. Great is thy faithfulness. 
Jeremiah said, every day when I awakened, I knew that I was going to get beaten. Every day I knew that I would get ridiculed. Every day I knew that enemies would come against me. Every day I knew that my own family would forsake me. But he said, before I got up and got out, I have this promise that God's mercies are new every morning. I would lean on God through my tears. I would lean on God through my desperation. And here's what I found out. If I sought him, he would just whisper something to me and give me just enough manna to let me get through the storm of the day. And I came to the realization that God's mercies, they're new every morning. And I could declare, great is thy faithfulness, God. Because when others were giving up and others saying, what's the use? The anchor that I had in Almighty God held rock solid. It stood strong in Jesus Christ. You see, he went through hell on earth, as some would say. And though it was every single day and no end his whole life, he knew that the unchanging hand of Jehovah was upon him. My friend, there's a lot of chaos out there in the world. There's a lot of opposition to church, a lot of opposition to Christianity, a lot of opposition to a faith-filled life, a lot of challenges that come to knock us down. But we need to determine that it is the anchor of our relationship with Jesus Christ that is rock solid. So I ask you, if your life is hit with that kind of difficulty, how would you, in fact, manage it? I got a call from Lori this past week. I think it was on Thursday. And she, of course, said, Dad, Wayne and Annalise were almost in a car accident. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, he was... Uh, they were, they were going south on 98 over by Lakeland High School and said, Annalise said, Daddy, I left my golf clubs, you know, at Lone Palm. He said, oh, Annalise. And he had, said, I turned around real quick, got back in the northbound lane on 98 now and thought, I'm going to turn here really quick. And he said, I got in the left turn lane to go through downtown. And he said, the minute that I got in that lane, just right by me was a car that the officer said was going between 90 and 100 miles an hour. He said, I saw with my own eyes, and Annalise saw that car careen into the back of the car that was just ahead of us before we got into the turn lane. That car went airborne. That car was totaled. That lady in that car on drugs hit another car and totaled that car. And he said it was unbelievable to see it unfold right there. And he said the thought of conviction came. Had we been in the lane that we just turned out of, we probably would have been killed. He said God was there. It was a miracle, the hand of a living God. He said, I'm just telling you, it was all God that God protected us. It was an unbelievable story. Come on, give a hand clap. Sharon said yesterday afternoon, do you realize if he had not turned out of that lane, we would be planning a funeral probably today. We probably would have been trying to determine who the pallbearers would be and what time the service would be held. But because God in a split notice put them in this lane, their life was spared. Amen. 
And then I thought, God, could I handle that? Could I handle the news of a phone call that says your son-in-law and your granddaughter perished? They died in a horrific accident. And when I got the call and I ran down to where they were, could I stand to look upon their bodies and weep? You see, friend, it's not the storm that you count on. Often it's the storm that you didn't count on that tests the strength of your anchor. I'm here to tell you, you and I need to determine before those kind of circumstances or any hits that our anchor is rock solid. Amen? Amen? And then let me give you a story that many of you are familiar with, but many of you are new and you don't know. It's Gary Gunn and Kathy, his wife. Gary, of course, is a board member here at the church now, but just a few years ago, um, he and Kathy uh, said to me, I, I have a Harley and, and, and rode it uh, sometime with Victory Riders. And Gary said, you know, Kathy and I don't have a hobby, and we've been thinking about getting a motorcycle, and we think that'd be fun and to get a full-dress motorcycle. And he said, what, what kind of motorcycle do you recommend? I said, there's only one motorcycle. It's called Harley-Davidson. The rest are scooters. So we went down to the Harley-Davidson store. We looked at the plethora of the new bikes. Kathy's eye hit a, a cream white, colorful dressed Harley-Davidson motorcycle with everything that you can imagine on it. And they bought it. I said, wow. I said, congratulations. They began to ride with us from time to time, but Gary had reached, of course, a, a certain place on his job that he was in kind of a drop program and planning to retire. And he thought, you know, I want to I go ahead and have some fun now. So he had a project that he was doing out in, in Salt Lake City area. And he told Kathy, he said, hey, I want you to fly to Salt Lake City and and join me. He had his motorcycle shipped in one of their company trucks out there bringing equipment. And finally, July the 27th came. He said, we had already mapped our course out and think we want to see the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone. and We want to see the big glacier. We want to go across the, the Golden State Bridge. And, and then we're going to go to Kansas City. They had a lunch engagement on August 13th with someone, some one of our missionaries, and they were moving on. He said, and we pray just like we pray every time that we go out every day, and especially on the motorcycle, we prayed. It was a 120-mile trip, and he said, we prayed, God, give us your protection and guidance. We'd gone about 100 miles or so, and he said, on the back of that brand-new bike, a Pirelli tire, the back tire blew he said, when it blew, I absolutely lost control of the bike. Kathy and I went through the air, went through a fence. And he said, we were broken and beaten. And when we got the call, it was Gary probably won't make it. 
And if he does, Kathy won't make it. We began to pray. They have three beautiful daughters, and we communicated with them and said, we'll help you get there. We'll do whatever's necessary to get you on a plane. We'll get a pilot that'll fly you there, whatever you need. Your church, we're going to do our best to stand with you in that tragedy. You see, Gary, of course, survived. He, of course, today is watching online because he's out on a job somewhere, I don't know, Iowa or somewhere like that. And he has plates and screws all in him to keep him going. If you slap him on the back, you think you about kill him. But he's still functioning. But Kathy, on the other hand, lived and slipped into a deep recession. Her eyes stare. She will not move her eyes. She will grind her teeth. Her body has totally withdrawn. And if you speak to her, you won't get much activity at all. And so that's his life. And thank God, as a result of that, they have a caregiver now that looks after her 24-7. Anyway, when they got ready to leave the hospital and to get chat and come to Florida, we couldn't find a place that would take Kathy. She was in such bad shape, no convalescent center would take her and take the risk. We finally found one that would accept her and getting her home and being mobile was a difficult task as well. But when they were leaving the hospital, two of the surgeons, one the neurologist, of course met them, and the orthopedic surgeon came into Gary's room with Kathy. And the neurologist said, I want to apologize to you. We both do. He said, when you guys came in, into the trauma unit, we both went to the trauma doctor in charge and said, hey, don't bother these people, just let them die. That's the best thing that you could do for them. They're so beat up, so broken, so traumatized, they won't live. And if they live, they won't have a life at all. But he said the trauma doctor would not do it. And Gary said, I would not be alive today had that trauma doctor not said, I think maybe there's hope for one, if not both. He said, when we checked out of that hospital, I got the bill before we left of over $1.5 million. He said, we finally got settled. We had a lot of legal work to do, a lot of doctor and hospital bills. But I got a letter in the mail from that hospital, and I thought, oh, Lord, I don't know how to set up a payment plan with them. And the letter read, dear Mr. Gunn, trust you're doing well, etc." And down in the bottom of the letter, your bill came to one point plus $5 million. We want you to know that the administration of this hospital has forgiven your entire debt. You owe us nothing. Gary said, for me, it was one storm after another. How did I take care of my wife? How do I set up the nursing techniques? What do I do in order for her to even eat? How do I communicate? I've seen more pictures than one with, with Kathy lying in her bed and Gary laying up there beside her, he says, every night, and just talking to her, and there is no response from her whatsoever. 
He knows she was here on Easter Sunday. They brought her. They have three lovely daughters. And when I went by, I saw her and I said, wow, Gary, is that Kathy? Oh yeah, that's Kathy. He said, say something to her, pastor. I got down in her face. He said, she'll recognize your voice. And I said, Kathy, this is Pastor Blackburn praying for you. I got no response, but Gary knows every move she makes. And he said, Pastor, she recognized you. She knows. That kind of a storm is a continuing storm with Gary for, in fact, the rest of his life as he cares for Kathy as long as she lives. But I can tell you, here's what I tell him. You are a man of God because I've not seen you get angry at God. I've not seen you uh, cause difficulty. I've not seen you blame it on anyone. I've not heard you curse. I've not seen one iota of anger. He said, but pastor, here's what I know. God knows that he is able to keep us. If I did that, I would lose whatever hope that I have. I'm hanging on to the Lord Jesus Christ. My anchor holds solid no matter what. Can you say amen? That's the message of the day. Your anchor holds. How wonderful is that? We had several other stories. A number of months ago, a young 15-year-old boy, his mom and dad, part of our church, he was in Rangers that did not wake up one morning, 15 years old, still don't know what the problem was. And then we had another Sam Swan told in November, boy, you've got cancer. Well, what are we going to do? Let's fight, Teresa. Let's gather in together in less than six months. Sam breathed his last breath, leaving behind a widow in Teresa, who has not missed a step in her ministry and yet grieving and yet saying, God, my anchor holds. And then a couple of weeks ago, a young man we know, of course, is Nathaniel Seitz, worked at Publix down at uh, Lake Miriam Plaza. Uh, the entire management was here, 26 years of old, didn't wake up. Jan Seitz lost her husband not too long ago, and now a 26-year-old son. Wow, what a storm. Jan will tell you, and everybody that knows them will say, Wow, God, are you mad at me? God, are you angry at me? God, have I failed you? Here's what I know, that it's better to say, God, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Because my anchor, anchor is not built on possession or relationships. It's built on you and your love for me. Amen. My anchor is strong enough to hold. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a clap offering. Finally. I look across this audience and I could pick many of you out and say, let me tell your story. And you have shined as shined as as can be because I've, I've watched you walk through the loss of a spouse. I've watched you walk through the devastation of divorce. I've watched you go through the loss of a child. I've watched some of you go through the trauma of a life-threatening accident. I've watched some of you go through financial reverses that you still are struggling to try to recover from. I've watched some of you go through conditions in your life and in your home that's unbelievable. I've watched some of you go through when one of your own children had just turn their back on God and deny even knowing you. Many of you are in this room and others of you are watching now, but I can tell you the anchor that we have in Jesus Christ still holds. This is a story 
you know the story, my final story. A very wealthy Chicago lawyer in the late 1800s lived and practiced law in downtown Chicago. He was living the dream, a great life, five fantastic kids that he talked about all the time if you give him just a moment. He had one son, four daughters and one son. That boy he was proud of. But along the way, the young son contracted a high fever. They did everything they could to try to correct it, get the fever down, but it was of to no avail. His brain began to swell, and he lost his one and only son in death. Well, it's unbelievable. His wife is having major challenges. He realized, I've got to get them out of here. And so, in fact, something else happened that was unbelievable before he could do that. You had the great Chicago fire that burned a major portion of downtown Chicago. The lawyer lost everything, according to his story. Shook them up in a bad, bad way. He said to his wife, now is the time. You've got to get out of here. I don't know how much more I can take. You need to sail over to Europe, to England. And I'll be there in about three weeks, and I'll join you. And on the journey on a ship, the ship his wife and four girls were on had a collision in the middle of the Atlantic with another ship. And the four daughters died, and he gets a message from his wife. I survived. But your girls perished and died in the middle of the ocean. He did what any of us would do, got on the next ship and sailed over. And he got to the place that he told the captain, tell me when we get near the place where the ship that my wife was on had the collision. He went out and stood on the deck, looked out over the dark waters. And he began to be endowed with words when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll he began to weep and the disappointment of his loss overwhelmed him he said it appears this has happened to me over and over my son my fire of losing everything, and now my daughter's happened over and over. And then he had the fortitude to write, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well. It is well with my soul. He demonstrated that in the roughest of circumstances in his own life. You see, those are words that say, you have a choice in every circumstance of life to hang on. But my friend, some storms will rip a cheap anchor out of the sand on the bottom of the water. Some storms will break the rope of an anchor that's not sufficient. But if your anchor is in the eternal Savior of Jesus Christ, your anchor will hold Every single time. Amen. That's why it's important in this message, meet God, that we determine, God, my anchor is not a hit and miss. My anchor is not one that I salute you when I'm well or when I think about it or when I feel convicted. My anchor is rock solid. 
God, I'm to know Christ and make him known. I'm showing others the light that shines brightly. Other individuals in my church and around me who know me where I work, they know who I am. I said to one of my granddaughters the other day, how are you doing on the people of the job where you work? She said, granddad, I don't put up with all that stuff. She said, they know what I believe and they know who I am. I got to tell you, those words mean more to me than anything else. You see, it's not only important for us to say privately, my anchor holds, but it's important for others around us to be able to say about us, buddy, you can put them in any situation. I've seen them, and buddy, they seem to maintain a positive outlook, a trust, and you can always count on them. We know that money is a lousy anchor because one recession and bad investment, it's gone Popularity lasts for about 15 minutes. It's a lousy anchor. In a few moments, it's gone. People in your family that you're close to, they sometimes are good anchors, but they will even betray you from time to time. And even family members will turn their back on you, but he will never turn his back on you. That's why you this morning have to determine No matter what, no matter what, my anchor will hold. No matter what, I will stay the course. No matter what, I'll not let the enemy take me off my game. No matter what, I'm not going to lose my focus. No matter what, I'm not going to get selfish and become so independent that I'm not dependent on Almighty God. For Father God, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Would you stand this morning? We're going to sing that song, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You're in this room now, and you might be going through a horrific storm. You're in this room now, and you and God have kind of had a combative experience. Pointing at God and blaming him. Maybe you're here, you're listening online, and you've kind of turned your back and decided to go into a cool-off stage. You sure don't want a difficult challenge to hit you when you're in a cool-off stage. You have to stay absolutely committed. That doesn't mean you're perfect doesn't mean you're going to get everything right. doesn't mean that every single day you're the little holy angel. But what it does mean, at the end of the day, you know in whom you have believed. And that if you get that phone call or that activity that hits you, you'll say, When peace... If you need to come into this altar, we're going to pray over you, all of you. You come right now. Just slip out wherever you are. Say, God, I'm bringing my problem to you. I'm asking you for divine intervention. Here we go.
Let's all sing it together, everybody. Here we go, everybody. It is well. It is well. today and I rejoice in the fact that when we meet God we meet an unchanging Savior that does not run when the going gets rough He doesn't give up on us He doesn't forsake us as a matter of fact when sin and torment doth abound His grace and His mercy abounds more and that every morning in the midst of any storm or when there is no storm, your mercies are new every single day. And we can recommit and love you and tell you what you mean to us. I pray you'll bless this audience here in this room and those online and those that will be listening later. I pray your favor upon them as we serve you. And then we pray, God, for our nation, the United States of America. We pray that God will remember that, God, it's in you that we trust. I pray tomorrow at Memorial Day we will remember again those who have given their lives and those who will in the future. We say, God bless America. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're visiting. I'd love to meet you personally right off the lobby into the hospitality suite. Don't forget to take a look at the truck out there on this entrance. God bless you. Love you, everybody. It is well.